0: Did you know a podcast episode like this can provide literally dozens of marketing content assets for your business? It's brought to you by Content Monster, your go-to for engaging marketing content, like this podcast or remote video production. It's not just a podcast, it's your marketing powerhouse. Visit contentmonsta.com to learn more. That's contentmonsta.com. Welcome to the Security on Cloud podcast. Brought to you by Anishin, where cloud security and compliance are top of mind. Join the conversation with your host, Scott Emo. Hello, everybody, and welcome. You're listening to the Security on Cloud podcast live on Anishin Radio. I'm your host, Scott Emo. You know, in many ways, humans' appetite for compute power is ever-growing, And the technology sector seems to just keep delivering to feed that appetite. Only a few decades ago, an entire room would be filled with one huge computer and businesses would run their finances on an IBM 360. Today, the compute power that was once in that room can now be held in the palms of our hands as we check our weather on our smartphones. Even more compute power can be found in the cloud for our ever-growing thirst for that power but you know what? That's still not enough. Enter the next generation of compute power, quantum computing. I know our listeners have heard the term thrown around and talked about for years, and horror stories and myths have clouded the truth behind online privacy and the ability for quantum computers to decrypt anything in seconds that used to take years to brute force. But there seems to be some hope. And with that, I'd like to introduce our guest for this episode. He's a graduate of the American Military University where he focused on cyber forensics and counterterrorism. He brings over 20 years experience as an IT and identity access management specialist. In the US Army, he served as a computer analyst and an IT security specialist while supporting both Department of Defense and the Interagency Computer Security Operation in multiple geographic combatant commands spanning the Russian Federation and Europe. Africa, the Middle East, and South and Central Asia. Later he transitioned to IT security in the private sector as the Identity Access Manager for Lifepoint Hospitals, managing identity solutions for a network of over 50 hospitals and 30 separate emergency rooms, as well as he led teams focused on audits and incidents reports. He's one of few quantum computing and privacy experts in the world. He's written numerous articles, evangelized quantum computing, and the impact that it may have on all of our futures. He currently holds the role of infrastructure and security specialist at American Binary. Coming to us from Nashville, Tennessee, I'd like to welcome our guest, John O'Malley. Welcome, John.
1: Thank you, Scott. It's wonderful and great to be here today.
0: Well, great great to have you. So, uh, can well, let's just jump right into it. You know, can you describe- for us how a regular computer and a quantum computer are different like what, what makes a quantum computer so special
1: well a quantum computer is a unique aspect as it goes on protons neutrons and electrons that we use in everyday life and what i mean by that is we take a computer break it down to as small as it can be the atomic level we ask it to provide us information in a rapid instance and then we get that information in milliseconds instead of years into what we can understand in today's binary language
0: so so okay so today's binary language is is ones and zeros right so if and we when we all learned that computing in the past right that you have a one and zero you just flip those on and off you got eight bits all the all all, you know bits in a byte all that we learned all that in school and and that's that's what we're doing but how do you get an answer out of a quantum computer that, you know, you used to do ones and zeros. How, what's the answer kind of look like out of a quantum computer?
1: So the great example is a dimmer light bulb or a round object. So picture I have like a soccer ball in my hand. Okay. And that soccer ball, if you go in the middle and you go up as one and down as zero, from the middle, that it literally means one is on, two is off. Everybody, like you said, everybody understands that. But you can't go below a zero. You can't go to the right of a zero or left of a zero. Right of a one, the left of one or things. So if I take that soccer ball and I take the answer going all the way to the back side of the soccer ball and have it slightly above zero but below one, it's an atomic number. It's atomic level. So the best way to describe this is we break it down even smaller. Eight qubits, or a qubit is a quantum bit, equals one bit in a computer, standard binary. With that being said, that qubit that we have in this soccer ball can be any number at any time, any given possibility. It can be a positive, a negative, a letter, or it can be everything at exactly the same time. So all the possibilities are wrapped up into one qubit. And you take 8 of those qubits and you compress it to one bit. And then you take 8 bits to get a standard format. So it's really neat that it's so small that it can hold every possibility answer in just a one atomic level. Wow.
0: So, and so so cute Q- can you go into qubits just a bit because it sounds like that's kind of the basis of this of this whole of this whole thing
1: so yes the qubit is how we read like the ones and zeros a bit a qubit is how we read and so the qubits can be made of light they can be made of copper can be can be made of crystal it's the definition of where we're getting our possibilities from and we take it into the quantum computer, and we have all these qubits running around, giving information, and then we ask it to freeze, and it spits out the answer, and then it freezes. Now there are technical terms that go with this, um, but let's let's speak to where everybody's on the same page, if that makes sense. So we ask it to freeze; it freezes that instant right then and there, and spits out an answer. And those ins, those things that. The qubits determine whether it's up or down, if it's left or right, if it's behind it or front it, if it's a hair above a one, below a one, and things like that. That, When it freezes, it provides that information and puts out. And so if we take it back to the dimmer switch, you have the all. The, so all the rest light switch is up is on, down is off. But the dimmer switch has that, so many possibilities going up and so many possibilities down That's how the quantum looks at it. All these different possibilities at one time, exactly the same time until we ask it to freeze and it isolates it. There are algorithms that go in to make it freeze, and those algorithms are worked on every day. And so with that being said, it's literally trying to ask the atoms to give us an answer. And it's pretty accurate, very accurate these days.
0: Wow, it's it's a fascinating space. But now, what I've heard is there's some problems that we're hearing about in security specifically. So this is the Security on Club podcast. In security specifically, we're hearing um, there's a bunch of problems coming up, or or people are are fearing some of these security issues uh, due to this, you know, the upcoming quantum computing. Can you um can can you uh, rattle off a few of these problems and what they might be?
1: So the biggest problems we're hearing about is encryptions, APIs, public key PKIs, harvest attacking, and personal health information. Those are all our top things right this second. Each one has a different level of security that we are we're minded of each day. Um, there's a ton more that goes out there, but these are the ones that you see and read about.
0: That's a ton of issues, and all, and honestly, that's almost every issue that we run into in security today. So it's no wonder that people are worried about this. But you know, let let's start. There's there's so many issues there. Let's let's just cover a few. Let's take a few top issues and break them down. Uh, let's say let let's tackle the the encryption problem
1: first. So
0: first, what what's the issue with that?
1: So the issue with Today's modern encryption is its binary only. And it is becoming outdated. And it's becoming relevant that qubits can now read multiple bits at the same time. And that aspect of 128 and 256 are both in danger. 512 will be shortly. And what this means is that a quantum computer can random off a number of codes and possibilities against that encryption as it's moving across the network guessing which letter it is because of all the possibilities a qubit can be to a bit. Um I have read and seen reports that they say that 128 has been broken. I have not physically seen this myself. Again, I've read and seen seen reports, but I've never seen it actually be done. Love to see it, let's be honest. We would all love to see that. But at the same time, it took months and almost a year to break that 128 but does that mean it's still safe right this second today it is tomorrow may not be and the reason I say that is because every day we're coming up with more and more quantum computers with more and more qubits that can run faster and faster and these abilities for these computers to charge against this encryption at a faster rate more qubits is going to bring and lower that encryption time shorter and shorter of breaking it and hacking it.
0: Yeah, that 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 does sound like a problem. Uh, even if you can decrypt something in you know in a year, that still sounds like an issue because uh, a lot of people like to keep things. Uh, secret for over a year right so yes sir that, so that yeah certainly does sound like a problem and so so yeah it, it's it's not the nanoseconds uh you know, right now it's the and it's 128 uh bit yeah. um yeah so that's actually you know that's actually promising uh a, a bit <laughs> so that, i but it sounds like the, the issue's coming it's 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 gonna get here um and so what what uh what do you think we can do to ad- address the encryption problem
1: So the addressing is companies like the one I work for, we've developed post-quantum encryption and quantum encryption that protects your data extended amount of times against a quantum attack. And what that means is we're providing quantum safe encryptions to your stuff. And as we develop and change, we offer, you know, everything else. That goes with it to protect your data. So it's not using traditional uh, information to encrypt it. It's using the new calculations, the new high end mathematics, the new formats, all the quantum level stuff to do this and produce this type of encryption to protect your data. And we've been doing this for over two years and companies are starting to realize. And believe it or not, NIST has standardized in a pre-standard, as they call it. Quantum and quantum post quantum encryption, and so this means businesses and banks need to start looking and start talking and having these discussions about moving to these new levels of encryption.
0: Yeah, and that's a that's a great. Actually, that makes us feel a lot better that uh, there's companies out there that are solving the issue, or or or, you know are are on their way to solving the issue, and um, because we we can see it. Coming. We could see this issue coming. It's, 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 it's there. Um, thankfully, mo- you know, most people are using 256. And so it's maybe not as, you know, as, uh, as urgent, but, but you're right to make this, to make this happen. People, uh, companies have to start talking about this problem today. Um, that's yes. a, that's a great point. Well, so um, let's, let's talk a bit. I'm, I want to change gears just a little bit and let's talk about a, a different, a different problem. And mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned harvest attacks. Uh, yes, so sir. first of all, what, what is that all about? What can you describe a, 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 a harvest attack for us?
1: So harvest attack is also what I call the day database attack. That data sits there. It's encrypted and it sits there, it does nothing with it. And so what hackers do is they go and collect that data and then turn around and uh, take it and send it somewhere else and start crypting that data at, at another location. Well, right now, That's happening so often, businesses don't realize it. And so, what's become now a big ordeal is that you can take those and send it to countries that have quantum computers, and they can start uh, taking that and charging against it, and um, really starting to hack those databases or that data without you even knowing it at a with a quantum computer. And to understand this, USA and Canada. In Europe aren't the only people that have quantum computers there are quantum computers that are built that are not um, at all within the United States or regulated they're owned by third world countries and things and they will make money doing this because this is ability for them to get data the best example I can use is this is take your debit card out you use it on Google pay you use it at the local grocery store they have a copy of it you know what I'm saying and what is the chances in 18 months or even a year that debit card is still relevant? 90% of the time because they only change them out every four to five years. So if I'm going to hack a database, it's going to take me 12 months, 18 months if it's 256. You know, chances of me using that, the hacking that debit card is now up, to, is down to 80%. But 80% on a terabyte worth of data that's millions, if not billions, of dollars right there, ready to be harvested.
0: Yeah, that's that's bank for a for a hacker, um, for looking for uh looking for funding. That is a that that's a that's a that's a win for them,
1: for oh, sure. Yeah, very much so.
0: Yeah, and it, so it, so it's really about grabbing the data. So the, the Harvest attack is almost like um, it, it's it's similar it's in the same genre of the encryption problem but it it um but it's where a hacker will take the data bring it somewhere else and just pound on the data to uh to decrypt it and then use use that database for what with whatever it is i mean you used debit card or credit card Grab numbers card. for an example yeah but i but boy that that's really dangerous um for mm-hmm. for anything that you that uh for data at rest so what what do you think we can do? What are we, what are we doing or what can we do to solve this particular problem, this harvest attack problem?
1: So, again, upgrading your data at rest solutions, upgrading your databases and things to use. Understand that now they need to understand and read quantum uh, technologies and things like that. Start monitoring your networks, uh, get with your SAS programs and ask them to Hey, look, we want to start tracking quantum problems. We need to, you need to start providing us, or what can we do together to provide support where we're starting to see these quantum attacks on the network. They are much faster, and their their most network monitoring tools don't even know where to look for when they start looking at this. Until you and other people, businesses saying, "Hey, look, we really want to take care of this," and going to the SLAS providers. We can't help them. We have to get everybody up and have to get everybody on it. And we have to start talking.
0: Yeah. No, the the, the great advice, great advice. And so now I've heard about quantum cloud. Now this is security on cloud podcast. So we've got to talk about, I, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the cloud and now, and now (laughs) I'm hearing about quantum cloud. So can you tell me what that's all about?
1: So, um, nicely put not trying to throw names around but IBM Microsoft AWS Azure all of them are developing what they call a quantum cloud and what it is is on the front side is a standard computer on the back side it's tied to quantum computers we are literally and i'll please follow my rabbit for a second we are in the 80s of regular computers today so we've started networking computers we started networking quantum stuff we're putting quantum computers on the network we're building them to task together like we do like we did in the 80s we're building that net quantum network to do that quantum network and then you start putting them together where we're stacking quantum computers next to each other we're creating the quantum cloud And so businesses now can write data to the cloud. It's encrypted. It's going to be encrypted at the quantum level. They can write programs to execute in there. Um, The quantum cloud's first true interaction, which just ran not too long ago, they took a problem that would take a regular supercomputer, 900 years to complete, and it did it in 36 seconds. So that's how big these quantum com- clouds are going to be. And that involves, you know, everybody starting to use on-premise quantum so they can write to those clouds. That means changing your APIs. That means changing a little bit of all that so that quantum cloud can grow and develop more.
0: So are you are you concerned about, you know, well, are you concerned about this crazy increase in compute power due to this quantum cloud concept?
1: It does keep me up at night, but other things keep me up at night too. So let's be honest.
0: <laughs> like your five-year-old, for instance.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and then I've got a teenager and her boyfriend keeps me up at night. So you know how that goes. Um, yes, it does bother me and it scares me. But at the same time where, and again, I want to not show, but where our company has developed ways to protect and the ways to develop it's we are helping you and these people are going to continue and the listeners here are going to continue to talk about it and it's going to build that security it's going to develop them so much more and so much better
0: and uh that is um you know we, we this is just great advice uh John I'm I'm glad that you're yep. able to uh you know to, to help us out um with this and 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 do you, uh, do you have a, another final uh, uh a final piece there yeah so
1: to- i want people to start listening and talking to themselves on the quantum. Everybody needs to know it, but the quantum itself is not going to be solved overnight. This is a group effort that we have to develop together. Um, I also want our listeners to know that no matter what we do together, we always are going to have a binary team and a quantum team. And what I mean that is not everybody can understand quantum text. Not everybody is going to want to deal with binary text. But we're going to need both teams. And the only way we can fix this, because we made a mistake with the, the first time in regular computers, is we kept it siloed to just each group had their own stuff. We need to start sharing stuff together quantumly as a whole to fix the mistakes we made with binary.
0: All right. Well, you know, John, we we could keep going on this topic all day, but uh we're running up against time. So th- this was a great discussion and a gr- great eye-opener for uh, you know, for me and 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 our listeners. So um I'd like to thank you so much for joining us today. You know, if our if our listeners want to find you, how would they go about doing that?
1: Well, of course, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm the ugly guy on LinkedIn. So if you look at John O'Malley and see the really ugly guy, that's me. Um, I, I have my email address. Uh, it's o'malley at ambit.inc. So you can email me. Um, and then, you know, I'll always answer whatever you guys need me to answer. And I will give you as much information as I can.
0: That's great. Well, And remember, the Security on Cloud podcast is brought to you by Anishin the leading cloud security and compliance automation provider, delivering the fastest path to security and compliance in the cloud. Thanks again to our guest, John O'Malley. Until we meet again, I'm Scott Emo. See you next time on Anishin Radio. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Security on Cloud podcast. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe so that you can join us again for another episode. And for tips, show notes, and more episodes, check us out at Anishan.com. See you next time. Do you know a podcast episode like this can provide literally dozens of marketing content assets for your business? It's brought to you by Content Monsta, your go-to for engaging marketing content like this podcast or remote video production. It's not just a podcast, it's your marketing powerhouse. Visit contentmonsta.com to learn more. That's contentmonsta.com.